Welcome to the How to Love Yourself No Matter What podcast. My name is Amanda Hess, and I am a certified life coach. If you are like me, you know that self-love is important. But did you know that it's the number one thing missing when it comes to creating a life you love? Listen in, friend. I'm going to share all my secrets because you deserve to love yourself starting now. Hello, and welcome to episode number 35. Okay, today we're going to talk about believing in yourself. But before I move into that, I just want to let you know that today is the last episode of this podcast that will be under the name, How to Love Yourself No Matter What. Now, if you want to keep listening to this podcast, you don't need to worry. I'm not canceling it. It's simply changing names. So How to Love Yourself No Matter What really does encompass what I do and how I help people. And I still continue to help all of the people with self-love because I believe self-love is integral to having and creating a life that you actually enjoy living. And I do believe it's a skill that all of us can learn and that people aren't just born with it. So that stays the same. But I am going to be reaching further into the idea that somehow some of us believe that we are too fucked up for help and that we can't actually create the lives we want because of who and how we are. So I just actually launched a brand new website and you can actually go check it out. It's live. It is called fuckyourdisorder.com. Okay. If you've been following me for a while, you know that that is also my Instagram handle, right? My Instagram is fuckyourdisorder. So Now, what I've done is I am renaming the podcast, Fuck Your Disorder, How to Love Yourself No Matter What. Okay. So if swearing's not your thing, if you haven't already figured it out, this podcast might be a little triggering for you. I am really stepping into showing you who I am and who I am is somebody that cares deeply. I care deeply about you because I really and honestly believe that your life can and should be incredible and that you absolutely should love yourself no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what disorder you might have been diagnosed with, no no matter how different you might be thinking that you are from the rest of the world. I promise you, you can love yourself no matter what. So with that being said, I thought I would end this season of the podcast talking about believing in yourself. And where I'd like to start is to talk to you just a little bit about what I used to believe about myself. So I'm going to take you through just the different chapters of my life to show you how belief is built. Okay. So in my childhood, I kind of believed anything was possible, as so many of us do, right? When we're children, the way that we receive the world, we have zero baggage that we carry around with us. We simply are so innocent of anything that becomes a part of our orbit. And so we tend to take on the beliefs of the adults and other children around us, and we don't have a lot of cynicism built in, and we don't have a lot of negative judgment that we aim at ourselves. 
But as we move forward and we move through school where we're being perpetually evaluated against everybody else, right? That's how our school system is really set up. And we start recognizing that there are some of us that do better than others and some of us that are more um, accepted than others. And some of us are considered more beautiful than others. And some of us are considered smarter than others. And we just start to really notice the truth of that. And that's, you know, kind of when teenagehood <laughs> sets in. So we hit middle school, high school. And what I found for myself was that I went from being very confident and believing that I was right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the kind of family I grew up in, to really questioning everything about myself. And, you know, I think that's a very common teenage experience, but it's no secret that I was really severely bullied. I was beat up. I was made to feel unsafe. I really had certain periods in, you know, my teenage years where I didn't have a single friend at school. And it was a challenging and painful experience for me. And in my teenage years, I think the biggest thing I believed was that I needed to ensure that other people liked me so that I could be safe. So I really tried hard to create that and to figure that out. So then when I moved into my 20s, my belief about myself was that I was, I identified as being very smart. I got very good grades in high school. And I also identified as being not well liked, as not fitting in. I had bad acne. I clearly didn't look the right way. I didn't act the right way. I didn't talk the right way. And when I moved into my 20s and went to university and got to meet new groups of people and you know, discover the bar, I was able to really show up in a way that other people seem to like. So leaning more into that social badass, cutting class, drinking a lot, starting smoking, really noticing that when I did those things, the way that other people related to me was completely different. And so I started carrying around the belief that I was a lot of fun when I was drinking and that the way that I could ensure that I fit in in the world was to ensure that I had a lot of friends. So I had a lot. <laughs> I had a lot of friends and I really masked who I was and how I felt with alcohol. And I also stopped achieving at school. School was hard. I really wasn't prepared what university was going to look like, right? Nobody nobody really knows until you step into that experience and so it's quite jarring. And I really spent almost all of my 20s really working on the skill of fitting in, okay? And I really did learn it. I learned exactly how I could fit in if I changed who and how I was. I was such a chameleon. I was such a people pleaser. And I people pleased everybody in my life, my employers, my friends, my parents. Of course, in university, people pleasing doesn't really do anything for you because you actually just have to have the grades. And I didn't because I didn't do the work because the work that I was doing was to ensure that I had friends, right? 
Then when I, you know, moved from my 20s into my 30s, I was married. I got married when I was 26, I believe. And yeah, 26, that makes sense. I got married when I was 26 and my husband and I had so much fun. We had really and truly a great life, but I still was masking a lot of myself around other people, although not around him, which is interesting. But in my 20s, as I moved into my 30s, you know, you start having different priorities. My husband went back to school to become an electrician so that we would have a more steady income. I was working in finance and earning a fairly decent salary. We decided we were going to have babies and we started figuring all of that out. And in my 30s, what I really did believe about myself was that I was emotionally reactive. I believed that I wasn't a particularly good mom. When I had my kids, I believed that somehow I was doing life wrong, that people didn't really like me, something that still follows me today in my 40s. And we'll talk more about that. I believe that I had to prove to other people that I was attractive, that I was smart, that I was worth knowing. And I found myself perpetually chasing other people's opinions of me, which is a tough thing to do because for one thing, how do we even really know what other people's opinions of us are? I would definitely evaluate that based on how people interacted with me and whether or not they wanted to do things with me. Um, and it it was really very toxic in the end. And it was toxic because of how I treated myself, which was with very little care and attention. Instead, I was perpetually chasing the expectations of other people, even in my 30s, because that's all I knew. And I'd had a little bit of success with that. And I think so many of us do that it feels good when somebody tells you that you have done a good job. It feels good when somebody else identifies you as a good mom. It feels good when people say you're beautiful or that you're thin or that you're whatever, right? It feels really good when those things are done. But when it's unsustainable to put ourselves in that position, like when we can't maintain that, that's when it becomes a huge issue. And it certainly became a huge issue for me because as you all are aware, I ended up having a couple pretty significant breakdowns, emotional breakdowns where I was literally not okay. And really searching for support, going to therapy, going on antidepressants, going to a psychiatrist, going to group therapy, doing all of the things. And it felt so bad. And the reason why it felt so bad is because I firmly believed that there was something wrong with me. And this is a belief that I had about myself since childhood, since teenagehood, really. I think in childhood, I was okay. But once I was a teenager and I stopped really understanding how to be there for myself and how to have my own back and how to advocate for myself in a way that was authentic and be able to connect with other people from a place of um, real vulnerability and connection because I, I didn't know how to do those things, right? Ultimately, I had created this world where I really couldn't keep going and faking it. I just couldn't keep faking it anymore. But the other side of that, of being, you know, unliked, 
unloved, unworthy, was so horrible. The idea of it was really dismantling for my emotional well-being that I was really backed between a rock and a hard place. And I found myself either running as fast as I could on a treadmill that was going nowhere or falling off a cliff. And there wasn't a lot of middle. So when I hit my 40s, I really started feeling the instability of that. And it was starting to really negatively impact my relationships at home in particular. And that for me was unacceptable. I couldn't keep going like that. And that's when I found coaching, right? And I started to believe new things about myself. I started to believe that, hey, maybe it's okay to be emotional. Maybe it's normal to not always feel good all the time. Maybe I need to look at this, you know, trauma of my teenage years, the violence that sometimes went on in my home, and to look at that and have a more curious and compassionate lens and to start rewriting the story that I tell about myself. So when I am looking at what I believe now, what I believe now is that I'm a very strong person. I believe that I am very emotionally in tune. I don't think it's a coincidence that those of us that feel our feelings more strongly feel pain more strongly. I think we're all wired a little different and that's not a problem. I believe that my wiring actually makes me an incredible coach, an incredible friend, an incredible wife, an incredible mother. Like I'm even emotional just like talking to you guys about this right now because it's taken such a long time to get here. And I want you to know how I have come up with that belief because I want you to have this experience, okay? So I'm going to tell you how I work on belief. How I work on belief is starting with understanding what I believe right now and writing it down. Because what I have really seen in myself and with so many of my clients, and in fact, I was having a client session today where we 100% coached on this very thing. And I asked her if she could simply write down what she was afraid of. We are so unwilling to look at what we're afraid of because fear is one of those emotions that wants us to hide. And It's just the nature of the emotion. So the way that we change that is we shine a light on it. We shine a light on it and go, okay, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm not going to fit in. I'm afraid that I'm unlikable. I'm afraid that I'm going to be abandoned. What is it for you? I'm afraid that I'm not going to be treated the way I want to be treated, that I can't have the relationship that I want to have, that I'm going to be alone forever. These are all things that I've heard. I'm afraid that I'm going to die poor and destitute. I've heard it all. And my brain has offered most of it too. 
I've heard so many schools have thought of, we don't need to look at what you know already. I promise you, you already know that you think you're not good enough. Yeah, that's kind of true. Okay. But I also think that when we try to paste over our beliefs with positive thinking, we're running. We're running away from the fear. And I promise you, you don't have to run. And I also know you're already strong enough to handle this. You didn't get this far in life without being able to handle it. You can fucking handle it. Okay. Write down what you're afraid of and look at it. And then remind yourself that none of that is the truth. It's simply not true that you're unlovable, that you're unlikable, that you're going to be abandoned, that you're never going to figure this out, that you're never going to make the money you want to make, that how you look is unacceptable, that the way you are is wrong, that your emotionality is not okay, that you're too emotional, that you're not emotional enough, that you don't, you know, that you have ADD, that you have ADHD, that you're on the spectrum somehow, that you have OCD, you have depression, you have anxiety. Okay. But what if that doesn't mean shit about you? What if that's just the way your brain is working right now and it's not a problem? What if that's true? I promise you that it is. Here's the thing about working on belief. Belief is not something that somebody else can give us. We don't get belief from other people validating us. We don't get belief from other people telling us how great we are. Honestly, I just think it's so fascinating that that's what we think we all want, but then we have people in our lives that'll give it to us and then we're pissed because they're not doing it the right way. They're not saying it the right way. We don't believe them. That's because we don't believe ourselves. So being able to believe in yourself, learning the skill of believing in yourself, it comes from a place deep in your gut. Believing in yourself, belief, is a feeling. It's something you feel in your bones. So there are a few ways that we can work on creating that. The first is recognizing the sentences that we say to ourselves that are untrue. And even just seeing that there's no truth in what we're saying, even though it might feel true. The second part is opening up to what do I want to believe about myself? What do I want to believe is true about me? What do I want to believe is possible for me? Now, this might be a really difficult exercise for you. I understand. It used to be really hard for me too. So what I will give you is if you can't quite figure that out quite yet, then I want you to imagine the thing that you want the most in the world and imagine that you have it and how you would feel then. And then tap into that feeling to be able to move forward with your life, to make the decisions that you want to make, to do the things that you want to do. The 
thing about belief is you're never going to be in a hundred percent belief about anything ever. And I think that we use our lack of belief against ourselves, especially if we're the type of person that has been looking into personal development, that has really been interested in self-help, that has maybe done a lot of therapy or even done some coaching. And they're like, oh, well, I don't believe so something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you. You're not always going to believe everything is true and possible. I think about my story, my journey with belief as being simply a path that I'm walking along. I'm just walking along and I'm noticing the trees and I'm noticing the ground and I'm noticing the sky. And if I don't like what I'm surrounded by, I can choose to take a new path anytime I want. That's how I like to look at belief. Like, what path am I going to choose in any given moment? And you can change the path anytime that you want. Now, you can't go back and erase the path that you were on. And that's important to understand. Because whatever path you were on before has nothing to do with the path that's in front of you. And that's a thought that you can take and use and one that I use often. I can create whatever I want. Like, okay, all of that shit has happened, but what do I want to create? Starting now, what are the emotions that I want to feel? What are the thoughts that I could think that would create those emotions? What actions would I take from those emotions? And then what results could that possibly create for me? Bringing our brain back to that position gives us the ability to create new things, create new relationships, create better relationships inside of the relationships we have right now, create more money, create a career we like that we love, career, I can't speak, create activities that we enjoy doing. We are so powerful and we get lost in the mud of our brain. And that's normal. Okay. So normal. Like if you're doing that and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my God, I do that. Listen, me too. Everybody does. But I have some thoughts about you that I want to share with you that maybe you can try on for size. So are you ready? So here's what I'm going to share. Here's my thoughts about the mistakes you've made. We all make mistakes. Mistakes are not a problem. We can still have incredible lives no matter what mistakes we've made. There is always the opportunity to move forward after any mistake. We can make repairs. We can apologize. We can forgive them. We can forgive ourselves. All places you can go once you've made a mistake. What a mistake does not mean about you is that you're a terrible person. It does not mean that you fucked up so badly, your life is now perpetually screwed. <laughs> okay. Not true. Here's my thoughts about the shit that has happened to you. So we've had shit happen to us, all of us, right? Some of it's pretty awful. I think that we are allowed to be sad and mad about whatever we want to be sad and mad about. You are allowed to be sad. You are allowed to be mad. You are allowed to be resentful. You are allowed to feel whatever you want to feel about the shit that has happened to you. However, even though that shit has happened to you, I promise you, 
your life can be whatever you want it to be. The only thing in between you and the life you want is what you believe. Not because I believe in magic, although it's kind of fun to think about believing in magic in all honesty, and I don't see the harm in it, but because I believe in you, because I believe you have everything you need to be able to create a life you love. And that, yes, you're going to have trauma show up for you and it's going to kick you in the gut. And I still think you're strong enough and you can get through it. And I believe that you have the capacity to process emotion and move forward and take care of yourself and create internal safety and keep going. My thoughts about your flaws. This is one of my favorites. Here's my thoughts about flaws. Who says it's a flaw? Society? your mom, your partner, your kids, you. Okay. But what if it isn't though? What if a flaw is just a quality that you have and there's both the good sides and the bad sides of that quality? And it can be used as a tool to create things you love. And sometimes it creates things you don't love and it's not a problem at all. You know, when I was 19, I got a tattoo because remember, this was my badass stage. Right. So I got my belly button pierced and I got a tattoo on my hip that I hid from my parents because if I put it in a place where they couldn't see it, they couldn't be mad until I wore a bathing suit. But it is a yin yang inside of a sun. I picked it very randomly. There was no thought going into that particular tattoo. I wish I could tell you it was some beautiful moment. It was like, yeah, that looks good. Let's do that. But I love that that's my tattoo now that I'm 46. And here's why. There is always two sides to everything. There is light in the darkness and darkness in the light. And then there's the balance. And your flaws, while sometimes those qualities take on a negative aspect, we can shift them into a more positive place. You know, when I look at myself and and my high emotionality, okay? I was diagnosed with BPD, borderline personality disorder, right? What does that mean? It means I'm highly emotional. It means I'm emotionally reactive. It means that I think in black and white thinking because I'm so emotionally reactive. But it's also what allows me to connect with people on a really deep level. It's also what makes me care deeply. It's also just my compass of my self-care and my ability to take care of myself. It's actually not a problem. It is actually my superpower. So what about you as your flaw? And what if it's actually your superpower? I'm going to tell you it is. I don't care what it is. It is your superpower. I honestly believe that you are already perfect just the way you are. I believe I am already perfect just the way I am. I don't believe that I need to be different. Now, that is a belief that I intentionally have created for myself. And it's one that serves me always. And I have people push back on me about these beliefs, about loving yourself unconditionally, about believing that you're perfect just the way you are. But what if you are? And what's the harm in believing that? I think the worry is that we'll become these narcissistic assholes. If you're worried about being a narcissistic asshole, you're never going to be one. Okay. 
You're just never going to do that. That's never going to happen for you. So you don't have to worry about that. But if you start believing in yourself, you're going to be able to create so much more happiness, so much more joy, so much more purpose. You're going to have your own back. You're going to be able to move forward. You're going to be able to create the life that you dream of. Lastly, what are my thoughts about what's possible for you? Everything is possible for you. I do believe this 100%. I have coached people on every realm of like humanity. The truth is you could be rich. You could be poor. You could be super depressed. You could be super anxious. You can be emotionally reactive. You can feel emotionally shut down. Does not matter. It matters in that we need to care for you. It matters in that we need to like really tap into self-love, emotional, you know, support, nervous system support. We need to tap into those things so that you can thrive. But your thriving isn't dependent upon getting rid of your flaws or what the fuck is wrong with you. Just isn't. You don't need that to thrive. So those are my beliefs in you. I believe that you are perfect. I believe that you are strong. I believe that anything is possible for you. I believe that your flaws are actually your greatest strength. What if you decided to believe that too? And here's what I'm going to leave you with. If you need help with this, obviously you're going to keep listening to this podcast. And listen, there are a lot of episodes. You could listen to all of them and they're all going to help you. There's hours and hours of support on this podcast. You can head over to my Instagram. It's called Fuck Your Disorder, right? Go over to my Instagram and follow me and interact with me there. Send me a DM. Tell me what you're dealing with. Tell me your biggest takeaway from this podcast. I want to hear from you. You can join my free Facebook group. It's called Emotional Resilience with Amanda. You're going to find all of this in the show notes, okay? But the last thing I want to give you, because today is December the 7th, I'm going to be launching this podcast tomorrow, December the 8th. The last thing I'm going to give you is I am offering right now a 90-minute intensive coaching session that will also include two weeks of voice and text support, 24 hours a day. You can text me. You can send me voice notes. I won't get back to you, obviously, in the middle of the night, but I will continue to get back to you for two weeks. And if you want to take part in that, just go to joinamanda.ca and you can sign up and we can get that booked in right away. What I'm going to tell you is that I don't think I ever would have got here without coaching. Coaching legitimately saved my life. And I know that there are a number of different ways that we can go about helping ourselves. But what I will say to you is that this 90-minute session is going to help you start clicking in to that belief. I'm going to show you exactly how to get there. And then I'm going to help you for two whole weeks on creating that for yourself. And then you can walk into 2023 having that in your back pocket you're going to know exactly what to do. I've never offered anything like this before. So I am pumped to offer it to you. And the reason why I think it's so amazing for you is that belief is literally what will change your life. What you believe about yourself will change everything. 
Okay, my friend, that is what I've got for you today. Next week, it's going to be the new intro and the new name and the new everything, but still going to be me talking about exactly what we're talking about right now. Okay. I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can look forward to a new episode of this podcast every week. And hey, if you like this podcast, do me a favor and leave a review. When you do, it helps this podcast grow and it allows me to help more women just like you. And if you just know that you need help putting this all together, why don't you book a free consult with me? We can talk about you and what's happening in your life and put a real plan in place to manage the stress and anxiety for good. Just head on over to amandahess.ca slash book a call to set that up.